And we're back. <laughs> oh, for those that don't have the pleasure of seeing us when we do this, I love when one of us makes the other laugh and we get to see the reaction and no one else does. Nobody ever knows why we're laughing. But here we are, another classic adventure with the legend pop himself and yours truly, the Benny Thorn Rose Prick. We are here at the Media Masterminds to do another special episode. I don't know if we're going to call this one simply the best or top 10. I, I always mix them up, so I'm going to need my uh, lovely co-host to help me out with that one. Yeah, I haven't been calling them that. They, they technically are, but they're titled on whatever podcast app you use as whatever the show is. So this show is... Kakadookie. <laughs> <laughs> the best of Kakadooki, and we're here. It's going to be a long list. We both have it, and uh, Bukaki's on mine. I just tell you that. Uh, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, we're going to be doing like like we do. We a lot of times we'll pick like our top ten uh, movies of a specific genre. Sometimes uh, a decade, if you will. And this time we've mentioned it at the uh, end of our last episode. We're going to be doing 90s horror. This is something I've been waiting a long time for. Long, long time, baby. I've brought it up many times. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of movies near and dear to my heart um, in my top time all time list that fall under that era. So um, I really am excited to do this one. And I'm glad Paul was able to muster up a nice list. I was concerned. Oh, I was, conjured it. Yeah, you were concerned a little bit initially. You're like, I don't know. If I, I am. Do it. I'm still concerned with some of the some of the titles on my list. You may not consider horror, but we'll go uh, through uh, that and we'll we'll kind of play through it. I guess. I I think I'll be okay with it. I feel like because I probably didn't go that same approach. Movies that you might have on your list, maybe would be considered under mine. I tended to be strictly horror more so. Um, but yeah, I know there are it's definitely I could think of at least maybe two or three that you probably have on the list that I may not for that reason. But that's OK. This is something that we this is an open discussion. I think this, you're going to be very not very, but you'll be mostly surprised with my list. We'll see. We'll see where, where we have crossover. I know one of your titles for certain. Uh, yeah. And I know one title that we definitely share at least one title that we definitely share. Right. Yeah. I mean, mine's not going to be what people would expect if you kind of look at a list like that, you know, but I think for the listeners that have listened, they've learned that my, a lot of my favorites tend to be more cult following type of movies, which is fine. Yeah. So let's, I say, let's just jump right into it. What do you think? Yeah. So let me, let me just ask real quick. Yeah. Uh, a made for TV movie allowed on the list or not allowed on the list? Allowed, allowed on the list. I'll allow. Okay. I just wanted to make sure because we, we do 90s was a very good era of like direct to D DVD or even like TV. So I'm, right. I'm OK with that. OK. And <laughs> my honorable mentions, the reason that these are honorable mentions and not on the list are because I don't really feel like they're true horror. Technically, they're classified as horror, but I look at them as more like a crime thriller. OK, and that would be seven movie seven as an honorable mention and the movie silence of the lambs okay. as an honorable mention so i feel like those are not horror enough 
for my list. I don't know if you have any thoughts or honorable mentions yourself. I can agree with that. And I, I had a couple that I felt um, maybe in that category too, um, for different reasons, not necessarily the same, uh, you know, genre, if you will. But I had two honorable mentions and one of them is a movie that I haven't watched a lot, but I do remember it. And I think it was a movie that we discussed a lot in our early friendship uh, back at the Big Blue. Uh, and that was Frighteners. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not horror because it's not really scary, but it has like the aesthetics of it. So, you know? so horror has to be scary. Well, you know, when I'm thinking horror for my stuff, I, I, you, for those that don't remember, a lot of mine tend to come with a story. And I'm not going to try to bore you with that. But mine always give me some form of at a point when I watched it, maybe first time, there's something that gave me that thrill of, the, of whatever the genre was. And for me, that's when I look at horror, that's why I'm picking that, uh, picking those movies for the most part, because they did something to make me either like creeped out, scared, you know, thinking about it a lot after the first viewing. And then it became memorable for other reasons. So that's that's why my list is going to be what it is. Because um, the other movie that my other honorable mention would be Army of Darkness. Because I'd be <laughs> stupid to not include it, you know. But it's not horror to me. Spoilers. Uh, one or both of those movies are on my list. I'm... I was pretty sure of that. So that's okay. And I think, I think you and I kind of get how we, we function in the back end. And I also consider both of those movies horror, just my own opinion. Yeah. And that's, and that's fine. You know, again, uh, I am very unorthodox in my way of thinking with this stuff. And I think that's what makes for a unique conversation. Cause I feel that a lot of people that do these kinds of lists, they kind of go toward gravitates towards what most people know, if you will. Um, and it's usually something that's not like what I discuss. So we'll just move into it from there. Uh, since you started that, I guess I'll start with my number 10. If you, if you, if you, sure. like it. If you will you take the lead, let's do this. All right. So mine is a movie that ended up being inspiration for, a video game franchise that we both like. Um, it's also horror. Um, very, very creepy, uh, atmospheric, trippy. I, I think I'm going to be completely wrong that our lists are not going to have many things the same now. <laughs> so we'll see. But uh, so my movie is going to be Jacob's Ladder. Oh, no. I was thinking a different uh, movie. Okay. So Jacob's Ladder is uh, was... A movie that heavily inspired a PlayStation game, Silent Hill, uh, style design. Uh, when the creators went through that, that was some of the visual designs for the villains and stuff like that. It's uh, you know, it's a movie about like a veteran that's kind of going through some uh, the post-war. I forget what they call that PTSD, yep. and you know, he's seeing a lot of crazy stuff, and you know, it's just some of these really creepy. Um, you know, practical effects that were still happening in, in an era where people were starting to transition to mixing like kind of bad CG when you look at it now. And uh, it, was, it was a great movie. It's it's so bizarre, you know, but it was a movie that kind of kept me on the edge of my seat, you know, every time I watched it. So that's why it's uh, it's there. 
I have never seen it. It's on my cheap charts wish list. So when iTunes drops the price on it, I planned on picking it up. Uh, I, I have interest in seeing it. I've never seen it, and I've heard good things. And your your review now is more glowing. And I didn't realize that it, it had uh, some aspects of Silent Hill to it, which interests me even more now. Then I'm eager to check it out, I guess. I'll see if it's on any streaming service. Awesome. So my number 10 is a very interesting one because I uh, would say about a year ago, I hadn't even seen this movie. So... This is not the one you probably would expect, but this is going to be a Hellraiser sequel, Hellraiser Bloodline, which is, <laughs> I believe it's the fourth, I believe yeah. it's the fourth Hellraiser movie. It's not, it's not uh, a typical, definitely not a typical Hellraiser movie, but it's also not a typical movie in many aspects that it goes through time and it tells you different stories of different ancestors through time and their experiences and, you know, like uh, early centuries and, and kind of like a little bit of like the creation of the box from Hellraiser. And it just, it's, I, I don't think it came, I'm not sure if it came out in the movie theater, probably didn't, but uh, I think it might've been one of the a, last ones that did actually. It, the budget doesn't, the budget and special effects aren't great in it, but I thought it was a really cool story and something different for the franchise that I had just last year, I started running through all the Hellraiser movies and I'll tell you that I really do enjoy them. I they they really jumped up. I they were they're not exactly what I expect, and they're not like a straight up slasher. And this gives you multiple stories, almost like an anthology, but not quite because you're following ancestors of one another. But it, it's a really cool, unique story, and it's got a little bit of a twist along the way. And uh, it's definitely not my favorite Hellraiser, but it's probably my favorite of the '90s. So I thought. I really enjoyed it. I'll go back to it. And like I said, my list isn't as, I don't feel as strongly about probably any of these movies besides some of the ones inside the top 10, uh, top five uh, as Benny does, because this isn't really my era of 90 of horror. I think eighties is probably more my era of horror. And even we did the two thousands, right? We did the two thousands horror already. Uh, but that, I would put that at number 10. I mean, again, that could fall out, fall in depending on where you feel silence of the lambs or seven would fall. But I, I really enjoyed it, and I think uh, Hellraiser is due for a revitalization and people to really go back and watch those films. They're, they're better than the Halloween, some of the Halloween films, some of the, my opinion, some of the Friday 13th films, a lot of other slashers that are out there, just in my opinion. And I think it's great uh, thinking back, you know, when, uh, funny enough, those conversations with you and I on Hellraiser, came up you know it was me talking about you know the movies and having pretty much the whole collection but like not seeing most of them like right. it was in, in, in an era of collecting dvds you know it was like a goal to find some of those more well, expensive and that's ones. where the joke and that's where the joke became where it's like i became more of a hellraiser fan than you did at the now at the time because you haven't even seen all of them but it was more of a, a collector's mentality of collecting them because they were hard to come by and you you had a connection to the original films right which you know like i'm still a big fan of of the pinhead character you know more so than the rest of the xenobites but again yeah it's it's cool to to have a franchise like that that can you know but we always use the words like stand the test of time because that character is still so well known you know even though you know again there's other horror characters that may or may not get brought up in my list, 
um, that have multiple sequels that I tend to be a big fan of that have not seen all of the movies. So, you know, it, it's hard to, you know, determine what really makes you a fan. Like, are you a fan only right. if you've seen them all or are you a fan because you're appreciating something really important from the, from the character, you know? Right. So cool. All right. So that was your 10, right? Yeah. Okay. So my number nine going a little bit in a different direction. Um, this one might break that mold when we talked about horror, but it's more horror, like in the visual gore sense, I guess there's a little comedy to it, but I don't feel like it's as much as something like, you know, like we say at army of darkness. Um, but this is dust till dawn because dust till dawn is a movie that I saw knowing nothing about it. And a lot of times those are the movies that I tend to love the most when I get surprised. And I, I long for days of like that, you know, like again, Turbo Kid, just to bring up for reference, it is a movie that I had just happened to turn on Netflix and it was on the list. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Put it on, fell in love because I knew nothing about it, you know? And I know we live in a digital age where it's hard to do that, but um, Dust Till Dawn was a movie that my dad and I, like, I think we picked it up on a whim on VHS. We knew about it, I think, you know, from uh, the theaters, but we never saw it. So when you started watching it, you know, I was like, all right, it's kind of cool. So the whole vampire thing, like totally threw us off by surprise. And I love that because I was like, holy crap, this is not where I thought this movie was going, you know? And it, it was a game changer for a lot of, for a lot of things, as far as the visuals, the, you know, Tom Savini is, is awesome as always, the visuals and the acting in it, his freaking cock gun is like the best, <laughs> you know, um, just just awesome action nonstop, you know, for once it once it gets into it. Um, never really saw. I think I made it saw the second sequel. Never saw the show or anything like that. But I absolutely love the first movie and uh, just the way like it ends, you know, when they get out and the, the sun comes back and everything starts like decaying and stuff. It's pretty, pretty rad. Yeah, from Dust Till Dawn. Uh, I'll talk more about it later, I think. Oh, OK. So. <laughs> <laughs> moving on let's just get right into so, it <laughs> my number nine is it's horror in my opinion but it's also a little bit more sci-fi but i still consider it horror it's a i think a movie that doesn't get enough credit it is species i don't know if you've ever seen it before once uh it's an interesting movie about an alien basically coming to earth looking to to procreate to have sex with a, a healthy man and you know produce a, an offspring and it's her her story of her you know looking like a changing into a woman uh, it was a uh, natasha henstring or something like that i think it was she was like she blew up with this movie and she's i mean she's she's nude in a lot of the movies so you know got it got all those teenage kids to watch it <laughs> including <laughs> myself but uh it's it's a story of her going around and you know i think she breaks out it's been a while since i've seen it but she she breaks out of the facility they have her in and uh they're trying they're trying to catch her capture her and, and michael madsen is in it uh i think forrest whitaker is in it also it's it's like it's got a weird cast or ben kingsley 
and they're trying to capture her and she's going out like looking for a healthy man to have sex with and she can tell like she can scan them and like before she fucks them it's just a it's a weird wacky movie about an alien that is like and then she murders them obviously it has to be you know a a, a horror aspect to it more than right. just coming to have sex it's not a it's not a coming of age tale so well, it's not going to be that vampire movie with jim carrey then <laughs> no well once bitten yeah <laughs> and they made multiple sequels after i remember i think i watched the second one and it has a male and it also along with the same female lead and it was okay but the first one i don't know if it holds up as much but it's uh, I, I i really like it and and again i struggle to make this list probably more than benny did and uh but it's something i've gone back to and i still enjoy so it made the list Good enough. No, it's, it's a movie that, like I said, I've seen it once, probably around the time when it came out. So I don't remember much of it. But uh, yeah, it was definitely, uh, I remember it being just kind of out there in that sense, but obviously very sexual themed. But uh, cool choice. All right. Yeah, very so, sexual. Very sexual. Very <laughs> toy. Very toy. Uh, yes. 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 So my uh, number eight going to be a movie from a director that has gone to do big big adventure movies epic mystical trilogies if you will but before they did that they made some real b horror movies and i'm all so sam raimi nope i don't know that yeah peter jackson oh okay Peter Jackson. I've never seen this movie. I know the movie. You're, you're talking, Dead Alive, right? Oh, yeah. Spoiled it. Also <laughs> known as Brain Dead in other regions. This is a movie about a gentleman that has an overly protective mom that gets sick uh, after she visits a zoo and is accidentally bitten by a rat monkey. Basically, she starts getting weird and crazy and the, the guy's trying to take care of her, and she just starts turning pretty much like into a zombie, if you will. And she starts eating people that come to the house, just gets like, this is one of the goriest movies to this day. Like yeah. practical, practical. That's the reputation effects. it has, right? Yeah. I saw this with my father in the theater. Okay. Mind you, I was probably 10, 11, I want to say. Because I think, he, let me see, it came out in 92. So I was 10 years old seeing this blood fest in a theater. And uh, so the idea is like, you know, his mother gets out of control and he's got to like keep her in the basement and he starts feeding her and it just, it gets crazy. It's so out there. But then the end of the movie is just like, when I tell you it's a bloodbath of just pure gore, all I'll say is lawnmower and body parts. It is an amazingly visual gore spectacle. It's nothing like I've ever seen. Many movies have tried to do it. Um, again, this being such an early movie for Peter Jackson, you know, he's, he did a couple of different wacky movies like that. You know, he did, uh, I believe he did Bad Taste, which is hard to get through. Like I've tried to get through it again. It, it doesn't hold up. Um, he also did the, there was like a, a puppet style movie that looked almost yes. like, like the Fraggle Rocks uh, style. Yeah, I forgot the name of it. My father was obsessed with finding that because someone told him about it 
at, at work or something. And he's like, you ever hear about this? And this was before like the internet was as big as it was. And you could just find movies like that. And he, I don't remember if he got a bootleg of it or something like that. I, I can't even recall, but I remember him mentioning it to me. It was right before uh, Lord of the Rings came out, you know, so Peter Jackson was people were kind of like looking through his, his uh, discography or whatever you want to call it. Filmography, yeah. I guess. Right. Yeah. The DVD Meet the was, Feebles. It was yeah, that's it. Yeah. I was just going to say the movie was super hard to get uh, on VHS and DVD for a really long time. I ended up finding it probably like 12 years ago i found it for a friend that was a big fan of it like i found it in like i can't even remember where it was i I think it must have been somewhere in jersey but like jess and i went somewhere and it happened to be like a video shop that like used GameStop's like logo i think it was like movie stop but like it was like i think it was owned by GameStop at one point so i went in there and they it looked like a blockbuster but it had it I bought it. It was like 25 bucks, brand new. And I like never saw it again. But yeah, it, it's it's one of those movies that like, I don't think it's ever been ported to Blu-ray or digital or anything like that. But right. again, just wacky, bizarre. Peter Jackson did a lot of weird stuff before he, you know, became synonymous with like Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. So it shows you, you know, where people start, like uh, James Gunn working for Troma. We've said that in previous shows as well. Troma, Toxic Avenger, you know, fame, stuff like that. Look what he did, Suicide Squad. You know, these guys evolved, but it's also, you know, it's great to appreciate stuff when they started, you know, where they were beforehand. So, yep, that's my number eight. My number eight is uh, another film that would, I would say, probably borderline uh, horror to an extent. It is based on a Stephen King uh, story. It stars James Caan and kathy bates it is misery uh so i this movie is is one of my favorites and kathy bates plays such a a crazy psycho stalker james Kahn is a author and basically gets kidnapped by kathy bates who wants him to write write a novel for her and uh I think it's, it starts with finishing her. It's going to come off like I don't know anything about these movies, but <laughs> I, it's been a while since I've seen some of them. Uh, either way, he was writing the novel for her. She breaks his ankles with like a sledgehammer. It's just brutal. They use practical effects for it. You know, this is a low budget movie before there was even CGI. You know, it. I think it's a horror movie just based on the 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 feeling, you the the thrill of it and the suspense of it and you know him being captive by her and him trying to escape and call for help and then someone comes for help and you know it's just and she i think she won the oscar for it because she is fucking crazy in this movie yes. i mean the name itself should be a horror movie it's called misery i mean <laughs> right there's, there's nothing non-horror about it i'm with you <laughs> I yeah remember so that's those, my number eight moments of her like strapping him to the bed and everything oh right? yeah trying yeah. to feed and it, feeding him feeding him. Yeah, oh my god <laughs> so crazy the sledgehammer thing one just sticks in my you see his ankle go sideways and his screaming of of her <laughs> prick because he tried to escape. Oh, yeah. It just sticks Horrible. with me that scene. That's why it had to go on the list. Cool. All right. My next on the list is gonna be one that we've talked about a couple times. I've hinted uh that uh you know it's had sequels that I may or may not have seen, have not seen. <laughs> um, there is a new movie coming out of this uh, 
it's going to be we don't uh, reboot reimagining we don't know yet but uh this was one of the creepiest uh horror movies for me watching as a kid this was candy man we've talked about candy i'm surprised it's this low on your list well i think once we go up you'll see why it's it's a it's a good movie but there there this was the one that as we started, I said, I know one for certain on your list. And yeah. I, I haven't watched it in such a long time. I planned on trying to rewatch it relatively recently. And I haven't because it probably would be on my list once I rewatched it. But I don't remember it enough to put it right. over anything on here. Right. No, I got it. Yeah. So, I mean, this is this is like the tale of a boogeyman, you know, the best way of putting it, you know, uh, a, a character told in stories that people, you know, are led to believe if they go into their mirror and say his name, you know, Candyman, Candyman. I, I'm not going to say it anymore because I see myself in the reflection. So we're not going to do that. Um, <laughs> I'm smart. Uh, I'm smart. <laughs> we get the one and only to appear. He will murder you. He has a hook for a hand and he has lots of bees. And I don't like bugs. Bees, bees, beads, beads, beads. So okay. I don't, I don't like the whole creepy part for me. Was there's points in the movie where he's got bees coming out of his mouth and yeah, little, uh, his body. Uh, it, he opens it, the jacket up. I remember oh that my, stuff. Oh my god! Like to this, <laughs> oh, oh, I just got like goosebumps, man. Like not good ones. Oh crap! <laughs> but like that's 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 exactly what that feeling will uh, it's always going to be in my head and seeing how that movie transpires and the way the the female role the main character i forget her name uh she's trying to explore more about this you know what's going on and she's in different buildings and the projects and the atmosphere is just it's gritty it's dirty and then the soundtrack just makes it even more creepy it's very intense and uh you know when he comes out the flashing lights and the mirror and Uh, It's just, it's intense. And uh, I'm excited for the new movie. I don't know what direction they're going with it. Um, It'll be great to see, you know, the original Candyman himself reprise the role at the minimum, maybe the voice we'll see. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a movie that I didn't want to see again in the sense of like, Oh, you made sequels. No, I'm good. You scared the crap out of me as a kid. I'm good. (laughs) You know? So I don't know if the sequels are any good. I know he's in at least one of them. I don't know if he's in all of them. But uh, yeah. yeah, I've never seen them. There you go. I think they're on Amazon Prime. I think we've had this discussion. Yeah, before. you are correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a good pick. My next pick uh, is an interesting one because it was on our uh, 80s list. I don't remember, but not the original was on our 80s list or something along those ways. I'm, I don't even know what the fuck I'm <laughs> saying anymore. Who but are you? This is, this is a sequel to one of my favorite movies of all time it actually came out 10 years after the original it is Wes Craven's New Nightmare a lot of people really like this movie I think it's a little polarizing some people don't it is definitely not my favorite it's not probably even the top three for me of Nightmare on Elm Street movies but uh, it's the best of the 90s Nightmare on Elm Streets and I had to include it because of the story being so different. It's nothing like the other movies. Wes Craven returns to direct and write. And it's about the story of the people, the real life people who played the characters in Nightmare on Elm Street 
and then Freddy potentially being real. So, uh, you know, Heather Laddenkamp, who is Nancy in the original, it's her, it's her story of her real life, alleged real herself, you know, playing herself and Robert England plays himself. And, you know, Heather's uh, father in the movie, John Saxon playing himself and, Freddie being real and starting to kill people and come after her, her, her son. And, uh, it did a different spin on Freddie. It's not as humor humorous as the others are. It does have some goofy moments, especially with like the tongue at the end going around in the, in the boiler room hell sequence, but the claw is all different. It's, you know, more of an extension of his hand and he wears a big trench coat and it's like they re-envisioned and recreated the character you know, seven movies in. And I mean, we didn't go back to this version of Freddy because, you know, Freddy versus Jason as after this and kind of goes back to the the more lighthearted, not lighthearted, but comical yeah, killer. The, the one that Freddy knows. and Yeah. And this was more, this was a different, I think a little bit more serious take felt more in line with the first movie. And I thought it's just so unique. You know, you haven't seen, I can't think of anything else that was as like this, where a sequel to a movie has you following the actors who portrayed the characters and like almost like pseudo real life, like a, a fake, you know, documentary kind of thing almost. Yeah. Like almost breaking the fourth wall in a different kind of way. Right. Cool. I've seen it. I remember it a little bit. Like I don't remember it in depth. I do remember like, as you were mentioning the the glove and stuff like that, I do remember those, those things and them being like, there were their scenes with like they're on the set of the film, right. And stuff like that, like filming. Yeah. 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 Cool. I figured you had to have Freddy in there somewhere. <laughs> I have I have to throw it yeah. on there, right? I would be doing myself a disservice to not have it on there. Yep. All right. So we are almost at the halfway point. My number six. Number six. I don't think you'd ever guess this one. It's not it's not like a bad movie by any chance, but uh, but it happens to be really a, a good favorite of mine. It's a reboot slash remake. But it was like first of its kind in a sense, like things weren't being redone like that. But uh, it's it's also one of my favorite horror movies of all time. So it's going to be the 90s version of Night of the Living Dead, George Romero's movie. So this was a color, you know, the story's slightly tweaked, but it does for the most part follow the, uh, the same concept of the original, um, you know, going with the brother and the sister visiting the grave and getting to the house, like all that stuff transpires. But now you have now brought in 90s uh, visual aesthetics and practical effects and the gore that made so many 90s horror movies memorable. You know, like for me, the original Night of the Living Dead is always going to be one of my favorites because it looks so organic because everything is, it's essentially is pre, um, you know, practical effects because the color not being there, you know, like you can do anything, you know, and there were scenes where they were like actually eating, like chewing on raw meat and stuff like that. So like it felt creepy in a different way. This is like, I don't think I've ever seen this, this version. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I love it. Um, the only thing I didn't really care for was, like I said, they, they changed a little bit of the ending of the, of the movie, which is fine. But uh, yeah, this was a great movie that, you know, kind of, gives you just a modern a modern take on a movie that you know was before our time because there are a lot of yeah. people that love the idea and the concept of night of the living dead 
but don't appreciate the original. Oh, it's black and white. It's simple. It's not. If you ever try to watch it and like really sit and watch it and, and take it in, it's it's otherworldly. It really is. You know, it's 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 really it's a disturbing movie, you know, for for the way they made it and everything like that. So it was nice to kind of get that traditional 90s horror treatment in a, in a movie like that without like rebooting it. Because I feel like Night of the Living Dead has been rebooted several times after that. And they were all trash. Like there was like a Night of the Living Dead re, uh, 3D and all this other nonsense. But like this is true to form, like what the original was supposed to be. And, you know, changed minimal aspects of the story. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it's directed by Tom Savini. Yes, sir. See, interesting. Yeah. So all you right. know the so, and you know the effects are going to be good. So yeah, exactly. Well, that's that, that's all you need to see to know the the special effects will be good because Tom Savini is one of the best. My number six is one that I thought you were correlating to a video game before, but it is not. And this is more of a science fiction movie, but it is definitely horror. Uh, I think until recently, it it I think it's gotten more popular as time has gone on. And uh, I, I remember reading there was talks of them doing like a extended director's cut. It is Event Horizon uh, starring Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne. I, I thought this was it because this is very, very close to Dead Space. And, uh, you know, the crew is looking for this missing spaceship and when they find it, they start hallucinating and seeing things. And Sam Neill gets gets taken over. Uh, it, it's a really wild movie. The effects don't hold up great, but it's definitely worth watching, If especially if you're a fan of like Dead Space. And now we know that they're remaking Dead Space or rebooting, whatever you want to call it. They're making a new game. And this movie is a really cool science fiction movie to come out of the 90s. And I think you know, some of the effects look bad, but some of them look really good. And some of the horror aspects are really, really good. I don't want to spoil anything about what happens like later in the film, but it gets fucking really wild at some of the hallucinations and stuff they see. Uh, that's 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 my number six. I think uh, Paul W.S. Anderson directs it, who is like mostly known for like Resident Evil. And uh, I think he did that Monster Hunter game also. <laughs> I think he directed one other thing that I was like, I really like on oh, Mortal Kombat. He directed the first Mortal Kombat, the original Mortal Kombat movie. Good so, one. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. I, I really like Event Horizon. I don't know if you're a fan of it or not. I don't remember it. I know it by name, and it's something that I've been meaning to go back to. I did also read a lot about they've been trying really hard to put together a director's cut for years now with so much footage that was cut. So yeah very cool allegedly a lot of it was lost along the way and they might not have all of it but right i remember i don't know maybe around the last halloween i was watching it and i went down the rabbit hole and they said like oh they found some vhs masters or something like he was out promoting that monster hunter movie and he said that there, there had been some progress made so we'll see with the way technology is now you would assume that you could really restore that stuff pretty well when fans are doing re, re restores and recuts of things and and you know better than studios in some cases right true or getting hired by studios like the deep fake yes. deep fake uh, yes. mark hamill <laughs> yep. luke skywalker right yeah sebastian stein cool that's it All right so yeah. no, we're into our our top five which is the nitty and gritty especially yep. for you and more so for you than me i think 
All right. So this one will probably throw most people off, but uh, it's very, very, very important movie for me. And uh, this one was a movie when it came out. Another scenario of not knowing too much about it. Uh, my father and I used to go to see movies in the city at a theater called the Angelica. Uh, it was pretty much a lot of times they would show indie films or they'd show sometimes show films before they were in uh, like when they would do limited release. That was the theater you'd go to. Um, and this, the, this movie was a limited release for about two or three weeks before it went to every theater. Uh, minimal marketing on the movie. And yeah, so it looked like it was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, without going too much into it, uh, this is the Blair Witch Project, the original. Ugh. Yep, get over it. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> That's fine. That's why I said I don't expect this to be on anybody's list, but uh, this. Well, movie, some people, I'm sure. Seeing this movie in the Angelica Theater with my father creeped me out to no end because we didn't have found footage movies. We didn't have anything right. like that. There was a ton of marketing that came out before they revealed that it was fake. Um, you know, and it was disturbing to see that, that first experience. And again, again, we have a movie that had changed the genre. How much, No matter how much people hate the movie, we've got other movies that did it in a different way that we love. Cloverfield, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think have... that's completely different, but no, you, it's the, a fair the, point. The, 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 the found footage, footage is, aspect yeah. of it. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, I not... would say like record, uh, you know, that REC, that uh, international film is more. I would tie that closer to this because that's a horror movie. And that's, you know, but I don't know. Cloverfield is still like a monster movie. But you're right. It, it created a found footage genre, basically. It, well, that's and that's all I was getting at. Yeah, it changed. Yeah. It changed the game because then you had paranormal activity. You had you have you have tons of sub genres. That game that came out of a movie like this, where it was so simple in concept, but that ending, that ending sequence to this day, knowing that it's fake, it's just it hits it hits the right notes in my opinion. It is creepy, you know. But I I remember seeing this, and it was probably not probably definitely later than you did, but we saw it at the atrium in the summertime after all the hype was there, and I was just bored out of my yeah. mind with it because you, you everyone hyped it up so much to be this thing and i remember one of my friends i was with like threw ice on the floor at one point and everyone in the theater jumped more so than at any other point in the whole movie so that's the one thing i the one takeaway i have from that movie the ending is definitely creepy when he's standing looking at the wall and everything but just the build-up for me never never got there and the close-ups of the girls freaking bubbling nose nose snots and i i just <laughs> I, if I never had to watch it again, that would would be soon enough for me. I, I, I get it. It's sentimental for you. And you're right. It definitely has its place in cinematic history for for what it, its accomplishment is. But many others have pushed to pave the way for that. And uh, I'm fine with them, you know, never seeing Blair Witch again. That's fine. I mean, for me, the organic take of the movie with having no pretty much no effects is what disturbed me the most because they didn't have to do anything to make me feel uncomfortable other, mm -hmm. other than film somebody's potentially organic reaction to being put in a scenario like that in the woods yeah. and being alone. And, well, you know, like it chilled to me, me to the bone. It just made, to, it made me genuinely uncomfortable. 
Yeah. Well, to me, like you said, you saw it earlier on. Right. When I saw it, I never thought it was real in right. the first place. So to me, it was bad acting. It was of course it was not right. it didn't I didn't have the buy-in on it. Right. The and ending most, is still uh, creepy, but yeah. it and I didn't most have the buy-in. Didn't. Right. Yeah. And for me, I didn't find out, I think I would say maybe three weeks later, like they were they were doing awards and they yeah. won an award and they walked out. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like you know like i felt dumb in that sense but yeah. again we didn't have internet you know we didn't have all these ways of discovering stuff other than reading magazines and you know whatever other people know hearsay exactly yeah. you know so that's that's it all i'll right. leave it at that my number five is a completely different take is a it's a 19- good movie it's <laughs> oh, everything on my list is better than the, the blair witch project in my in my opinion I, I like how we have polarizing uh, views sometimes. I'm glad that it's not higher on your list because then I would be I'd be a little worried. But five is still pretty high. Uh, is a 1992 film directed by a huge director, and his first dabbling Yitch. of horror. Yitch. Francis Ford Coppola. It is Bram Stoker's Dracula, and Gary Oldman plays Dracula. He changes forms in many different times in the movie, from old to young to bat. And uh, Winona Ryder is in it. Anthony Hopkins, Keanu Reeves. This is this is uh, one of my favorite movies. Still one of my favorite uh, movies of these. Like, I guess you would say, still call them Universal monsters. It's probably my favorite Dracula incarnation. Yeah. Uh, well, this movie is not done by Universal, but it's still there. I mean, I guess they kind of own they that their character. Monk. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love this movie that the way it's shot, the, the, you know, like it's a really breakthrough performance for Keanu Reeves, Reeves, who wasn't anything yet. This is pre pre speed. I'm pretty sure. And uh, Gary Oldman is awesome as Dracula in it when he's playing the old, it's been parodied, you know, at the time the Simpsons did it and Conquer. Simpsons did everything. Right. So, and uh <laughs> I think it's really awesome. It's it's telling us a story in the past, also, and I I don't know if you're you're a fan of it or not, but I've seen it once in my whole life, and I don't remember it, unfortunately. Oh, it's so good! It's so I worth I, I, I I know it. It's another thing, like you said, that certain movies and aspects they stand the test of time. I'll always and remember as, it. And again, as a kid growing up, you know, eighties and nineties, and being when this came out, ninety two, I would have been I would have been uh, eight. Uh, so watching this when I'm eight, nine and, you know, some some nudity in this as well, you know, so as as a young boy, it's, it's sting- awesome oh, it sticks with you. And Keanu Reeves is in the bed with multiple ladies, lady ladies and uh, seducing him. And I, it's a really cool story. It's a unique Dracula story and it gives you a little bit different perspective on on the character. Cool. It's no Dracula dead and loving it with Leslie Nielsen, but oh, yeah. the best, <laughs> simply the best. Should that you? would be that Should would be you? my number five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my number four is going to be a movie that we have talked a lot about in conversation offline and potentially on the show. I think um, this movie came out in '97, so it's later in the decade but uh another awesome movie in my opinion that uh actually stemmed multiple sequels 
not a fan of most of them, but the original is going to always be special to me. And that's Wes Craven's Wishmaster. This is a movie that, again, um, just did things in a way that it kind of gave me Hellraiser vibes, especially the beginning of the movie, which is like kind of a flashback to an older time when uh, the the djinn, which would be uh, essentially the idea of the movie is there's a genie, the genie can grant wishes, but the way the wishes are done is you have to be really careful on how you word it because the wishes essentially are literal and most of them yeah. end in very, very much. Well, we've had this conversation, I think on the show also very much. So that's twilight zone episode. Yes. It's the, the same exact way. Um, yeah. So it is, I mean, the, the guy that played the genie, uh, the gin, Andrew Devolf, he is just, he's just a creepy with and without the costume because there are scenes where like he's in human form to kind of blend in to you know get more people so the idea is obviously he needs to have people make wishes so that he could become more powerful and you know be free essentially um but there's a particular girl that discovered um you know his uh i forget what it is that he's in but he's in i think maybe like a statue of some sort and uh he needs her to make all the wishes essentially. But along the way, you know, he finds people along and strings them along to make wishes. And just the way he used to say, make your wish. It was just so, so creepy. And I remember it's the blood, the gore again, another movie with tons of practical effects, seeing it in the theater again with my father, you know, tons of horror movies I've seen with him. So that's going to be kind of a reoccurring theme with me. Um, I'll leave it at that. It is awesome. Uh, the other movies, like I said, they, I think there was four movies total. Second one was okay. Three and four, not so much. All right. I think I've mentioned before, I haven't, if I did see them, it was a long time ago on the like Cinemax or something in the middle of the night. So I don't really recall them. They're not on my list, but the next movie is on your list. It's one of our, looks like one of our only overlapping films. It is directed by Robert Rodriguez, screenplay by Quentin Tarantino. It's their first real uh, working together, which eventually leads to Grindhouse, which is also uh, some, uh, well, Planet Terror is more, more, more like to me than Death Proof. But this is from Dust Till Dawn. Benny had it a little bit lower in his list. I really like this movie. I still like this movie this day. Like you said, you didn't know really what to expect of it. Cause it's almost like a, almost like a heist movie at first. And then they go to this bar and then, like you said, all the shit hits the fan. People start turning into vampires. We get introduced to Salma Hayek in this who looks unbelievable smoke show in this. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, a, it's weird that, you know, it's like George Clooney before he's really blown up and Tarantino is in it as an actor, which is still like some of their acting is bad, but uh, like you said, Tom Savini, uh, Harvey Keitel, Cheech Marin. Like, it's got such real, really cool, great moments in it. And when shit hits the fan in the bar, it's like, it's it's really cool. It's a really good movie. Really well done. I think it still holds up. Uh, Robert Rodriguez directs, and, uh, you know, he he's directed a lot of movies that I really like. Like I said, Planet Terror, uh, Sin City. You know, he's he's he's, uh, he's a machete. They fucked with the wrong Mexican. He did Desperado, right? Yes. And Once Upon a Time in uh, Mexico. Right. 
cool. So that's that's my pick, Dust Till Dawn. Uh, it's still, I think, it, I still think it really holds up, and it's now it's got a, a cult following. And uh, I know the TV show that Robert Rodriguez was tied to to the TV show. I don't know if he had anything to do with the sequels, but he was tied to the TV show. And I remember being like well received. I've never checked it out, but I think it's, it's one of those things that I think I saw it the other day. So. It's one of those things that like does it really need a sequel or anything else? It's I don't know. It's it's great that it's it's like you don't know what you're getting yourself into, like we said, and and have a one off experience kind of. Yeah, it's one of those movies that like it it gets styled to a thousand. Like yeah. when the shit when the shit hits the fan, it's another it's a whole other movie, and that's and that's awesome. Right. Awesome, Coolio. Yeah. All right, so my top three are really important because I know one are, of them. I think I know one of them. I would hope you'd know one of them. I'd be really disappointed if you didn't. But oh, these th- these three movies are in my top ten of all time films. So that that's oh, why this shit. Is... I maybe I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why this show. I is think so I know one. I think I know one. If I feel like if you if if it's one I'm hoping you know, it's my number one. So we'll see. Oh boy, I'm gonna <laughs> be, be prepared for a letdown. <laughs> yep. Look. <laughs> Lowered expectations. <laughs> so my number three, we've talked about in our pre, you know, like what would you call that? Our 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 first take at Media Masterminds. Yeah, the first season. Uh, I consider it. This is the second season. Okay. Um, we, this is our like Netflix revival. Got you it. know, when the okay. shows come yeah. back after this was years but, later. But because of legal reasons, some episodes may not be available. I think this is yes. one of those. So uh, <laughs> this movie is a very, very, very special movie to me. And it's a movie that I watch a lot and it it holds true to me. It's very, very underrated. Uh, this is a movie called Brain Scan. So Brain Scan is a movie about a kid that is horror nerd, horror nut, loves his games, He's a homebody, doesn't have any friends. He's got like one friend. He's a weirdo. He's got a horror club at school. Um, he's a creeper. He he kind of like stalks his neighbor with, uh, he uses um, binoculars and he kind of stares at her when she's changing. Kind of, that's, that's the weird part of the movie now more so. Like I watched that now and a little weird, but um, I love the music, like the little bit of, ambient like piano through it very sinister sounding it just it fits the the weird mood of the character um and basically he his friend turns him on to this digital video game in cd-rom that's called brain scan and it's supposed to be the most interactive horror experience ever so the the idea of the movie is that he plays the game and the idea is he's in the game but then shit starts happening things get weird um people are getting murdered in his town and we don't know what's happening you know did he wake something and it's really awesome because there's a the the character that is i don't want to say he's the villain because he 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 doesn't necessarily come off as a villain but you know i guess in the sense of you know theming you know we, we we can call him that he's the trickster he comes along the game like the game essentially and kind of navigates the character um, it's just, there's, it's really awesome. I love the movie. Um, you don't know where it's going. And by the end of the movie, it's one of those movies that kind of leaves it open-ended. It's like, did it really happen? Can it happen? You know, type stuff. And, uh, 
yeah, again, it, it, there's nothing like it out there, in my opinion. All right. I've never seen it. And uh, add it to my and... list of things I haven't seen. And maybe <laughs> I'll check it out. We'll see. <laughs> and it finally got to Blu-ray after all these years. Finally. <laughs> finally. My next film, my number three, is one that you've mentioned before, but is not on your list. I consider it horror. That is Peter Jackson's The Frighteners, which is 1996, starring Michael J. Fox. Uh, I remember seeing this in the movie theater. It's one of the rare ones I remember in the theater. And the power went out like with like 25 minutes left of the movie. Oh, and we waited around. We waited around to catch the end of the movie. It just It just stuck with me. I, it, it, I mean, we were like waiting. It was like when Michael J. Fox, I don't know if you remember the movie, but when he's in like the freezer. Okay. You know, it's right. So it's towards the tail end of the movie. But, you know, the story is basically like uh, almost like a Ghostbusters esque kind of thing where Michael J. Fox can communicate with ghosts. And then he's kind of con- like conning people out of being an exorcist to ghosts getting out of their house. But the ghosts, he's setting them up in the house to, to scare the people so he can get rid of them like he's friends with the ghosts. And then there's like almost like a Grim Reaper style ghost who's etching numbers in people's heads and who's next and i i really like this movie i think it's horror i think it's definitely creepier than the blair witch project and uh it is a little bit comical obviously it has michael j fox to it but it it, it takes a more serious note uh originally interesting little bit of trivia is that this was supposed to be a tales from the crypt episode and they figured uh there's more more than enough here to to make it into a movie and and that's eventually what happened to it so it, it i I don't want to go crazy into into it. I know we're on a little bit of a time constraint, but this is this is uh, one I really like. It still holds up with me. It's one I recommend to people a lot of times, especially if you're a Peter Jackson fan. And I know we've talked about Peter Jackson a few times now in this episode, but I also want to mention Beyond the Frighteners. We mentioned uh, Meet the Feebles, and uh, I did look real quick. It un- unbelievably, it's available on Tubi. Tubi's a wow. free service. You wow. can watch it on Tubi with ads, and uh, I think. That should be homework for both of us to check it out and see how it is. I'm down. We'll but the Frighteners. The show. Yeah. Awesome. Should watch Frighteners also. Frighteners is a great movie. Danny Elfman does the score. As mentioned, a little follow-up from our last episode of Danny Elfman stuff. But that is my number three. Sweet, sweet. All right. Number two. Two left. My God. We're almost to the end. I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Stop the damn match. Good God, it's carnage. But before we get to that light, we're going to have some darkness because we're going to go downstairs to where the people are under the stairs. That's the movie I was going to guess. So I don't know your number one then. Okay. So people under the stairs. Or maybe I do. Maybe Maybe I do. Maybe. Yeah. Low expectations. (laughs) So you know my love for this movie. It holds no bounds. It is one of those movies that again it is there's nothing like it um it's about uh, a family that lives in the projects not doing so good with money uh the main character his name is fool f-o-o-l yes fool and uh his mother is, is sick and they can't afford to get her medication so his sister's kind of boyfriend uh ving rames is kind of saying, oh, you know, we're, we're hearing that the 
the the landlords of the house are also the landlords of most of the projects in the building uh, in the neighborhood, but also the liquor store. And then they live in the neighborhood and they hear that they have a lot of money and they heard that um, they have stuff in their basement, like a safe of tons of money and stuff like that. So the idea is he's going to go with his friend to rob the house. And what they want to do is they want to take fool and use him as a scapegoat to kind of lure them. So the idea is the three of them go to this creepy house that's got barricades on the walls and the outside of the house. It's like, like a fortress. And uh, the idea is they're trying to get in. That's the pretty basic concept of the movie. But the idea is once they're in, there's no getting out. And what's inside is what makes the movie what it is. Um, it's called people under the stairs. I don't want to go into too much because <laughs> it is a movie that, yeah, it's older. Yeah. We could spoil stuff, but realistically I feel like it's a movie that you can really appreciate if you watch it on your own. Um, especially if you like horror, because there are some tense moments as far as like, you know, you, if you have any type of claustrophobia, like watching movies, like people in tight spaces and stuff like that. Um, I remember watching this movie late to the game so i had it on vhs for the first time like my dad used to have people um make him movies you know like people used to make copies of tapes so they put like three movies on one tape it was yeah. one of those like i had that so i was living in pennsylvania probably two weeks so i was already creeped out the fact that we lived in like the woods it's dark out you know and then i'm watching it in the dark like an asshole so it just took the movie to a whole nother level and um you know, it's, again, it's not as scary now, but I really appreciate some of the characters. Some of the stuff that goes on is a little disturbing. You know, like there's um, a couple that lives in the house, the, the landlords. They're both really weird. The woman's very religious. Um, the guy is very just perverted, you know, like without going into much more detail. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's awesome. It's got a great ending and uh, it's not what you'd expect. You know, so I had a pleasure of meeting uh, like two of the characters with uh, my wife at a horror convention, maybe like eight, nine years ago. It was really awesome. I got to meet Fool and one of the people under the stairs. So that was that was a lot of fun. Actually, two of the people under the stairs. I take two back. of so, the people under so we, the stairs. So we I met, met, I met two know. of the people above the stairs, actually. Yeah. Your landlords. <laughs> you don't have stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't, just, just making a bad joke. No, that was good, though. All right, I'm done. I'm done. All I'm right. Finished. Are you finished? Well, I'm finished. This is my boomstick. This is my number two. Is Sam Raimi directed Army of Darkness? As Benny mentioned before, not on his list. I am a little bit hurt and surprised that it is not on his list. Genre it reasons. A it was comedy, a comedy horror for sure. I don't care what Benny says or anyone else. This is a comedy horror movie. There are witches. There are evil ashes. There are little creatures. There's this. There's a Necronomicon book. Come on. It is horror. I don't care that it's comedy or not. Belongs on the list. Fantastic movie. The only weird thing is that they really didn't have like all the licensing to use the evil dead uh, stuff. Uh, but it's a uh, essentially a time travel movie where Ash is put into uh, medieval times and it, not too uh, rah, 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 rah. and you know it's just it's it's a great movie what's that 
<laughs> the fuck was that? He's just going off on that's, a tangent now. That's, rah, rah, him, rah, rah. that's him getting the Necronomicon. Klaatu Ferrata. <laughs> <laughs> uh, close enough. So remember to shop smart at S Smart and Army of Darkness belongs on the list. Uh, again, I if I had an option, uh, Evil Dead 2 would be there more than because they're different style movies. I don't feel the style fits when I think horror. I'm focusing on horror. I'm not really focused. But Evil Dead 2 came out in 1987. So no, but but that's anyway. well, no. Well, this is my point. I'm saying if it if I had both of them in the list, they would be close. I'd pick that one over the other one. I wouldn't put both. But again, I got I got an honorable that, that mention. So get over yourself. Shut the hell up. Shut the hell up. Shut okay, the hell. Are you, you done? What's your you number finished? one? I'm finished. Army of Darkness. Everyone watch it. Better than Blair Witch Project. There's the quote for the episode. All right. Well, park this piece of shit because if you don't know my number one, you're a fucking asshole. All right, wow. my number one is going to be Child's Play 2, you turtle-headed prick. <laughs> How the fuck do you not know Child's Play 2 is on my list? I don't care that we I talked re- about it before. Ah, hold on. Ah, hold on. Hold on. In my limited research, and mm. I'm not familiar with the 90s as much, the at did not come up on people's lists as a 90s movie. I thought that was an 80s movie. So I wouldn't I would have included that on my list. I forgot about it and I considered it an 80s movie. Oh, how the tables have turned. I I'm being honest with you. Oh, I was being honest with you with Army of Darkness. At least it got <laughs> at least it got an honorable mention. I didn't get a fucking pip well, out of you for Child's Play 2, so fuck off. I didn't I didn't realize you made the movie. <laughs> oh, I did. I want my royalties. <laughs> Well, Child's Play 2 was on my list of the top Chucky movies that we did previously, so it's still up there. And now I'm adding it. I will add it in post into my honorable mentions, and I'm going to cut this whole thing out and make you look like an asshole. Oh, go fuck yourself. How's that sound? (laughs) How's that sound? So we don't have to talk too much about Child's Play 2. You all know my love of Child's Play 2. It's been spoken about. You love my love. You love my love. I love my love. There's nothing like it. It is one of the the best best child's play movies. Yeah, it is amazing. And uh, as we talked about last show, we have a TV series coming out heavily inspired by child's play Two. I'm in it. I'm in it to the end. Let's go, baby. I'm done. This show is a wrap. See you next time. Big cock out. Wow. You don't even want to wait for my number one. No, fuck you. I'm going to say, (laughs) wow. I'm going to say the same thing you said about Child's Play. This film or films you did not include at all, even as an honorable mention on your list. And that is a damn travesty. And just remember, they all float down here, Georgie boy. You did not include Stephen King's It on here. Fantastic miniseries. Not a fan. Never, All right, saw we're ending this year. never saw it. Never saw it. The original? Nope. Too fucking long. I'm good. Yep. He's, no. He's no. face. He's face palming right now. No. Never. No, never. No, no, never. No. Never claim to be an it fan. Don't talk to me dirty. You. You don't need to claim to be an it fan, but you should be an it fan. Uh, oh my! You can you at least give it a chance? It. It is such a great miniseries. It, yeah, it was adapted what? I gave, for TV. Uh, you know what? I gave Justice League a chance. All right. <laughs> I'm not this willing to give anybody. Than, I'm not willing to give anybody four hours back. This is better than Justice League. 
I don't think it's is it that long? Is it four so, hours? Listen, that should have to be aired in two separate shows. No, it's three, it's three hours. Three hours. You can make you can make an effort to check it out. It is a great movie. John Ritter is in it. Harry Henderson from Night Court is in it. Come on. We Tim Curry is Pennywise. Dare I say it is better than the new it movies movies together. The first it that they awesome. came out in the movie theater with is very good. The second is not. This did a great job telling both sides of it without having to compensate for anything. And 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 the story is told differently than the new current movies. They're they're all told at once rather than the new movie where you get the kids side first and then the adult side later. The original is you get you introduced to the adults and flashbacks of them as as children. I think you should definitely check it out. I think you will have more appreciation for it, but you do have to take under consideration that it was made for TV. Of course. So the acting is not the best, but it does have some well-known actors in it. And Tim Curry's performance as Pennywise is still considered the definitive performance, I think, of Pennywise. I will watch it just for you. (laughs) Again, as a kid, one, it was never really on my radar because it just wasn't wasn't on, I guess. Yeah. So it wasn't like I put it on. Oh, yeah, turn this off. Also, right. to, to combat that realistically, as a kid, I had a big thing with clowns. I was not a clown kid. I, I, grew, I know some I, people are like yeah, that as well. I, I grew into tolerating clowns at a very late age, like eight years ago. And funny <laughs> and funny. I swear to you, funny enough. No killer clowns from outer space for you, then. No, fuck that movie. Get the fuck out of here. Sal, you know how many times friend friend of ours, Sal Spurge, used to make me try to watch that movie? No, not having it. Nope. You couldn't pay me to watch that movie. Not going to watch it. Anyway, really? That movie's good, no, too. No. We're going to do a good. clown marathon, I think. No, fuck out of here. Anyway, so I won't go into too much, but my mother and my father did not like me in their bedroom as a kid. So they used to put a jack-in-the-box in front of the door. And the jack-in-the-box was like the creepiest thing I've ever ever seen in my whole life. And it traumatized me for the years, 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 years. It just, anytime I saw clowns, I got uncomfortable. I wasn't like scared, creeping, run away, crying. I was just, it would just make my stomach turn. I would feel really uneasy. And it wasn't until the same horror convention that I met the people in the stairs actors at, I met somebody that became uh kind of a con friend that used to do cosplay came up behind me as uh, Pennywise. And it was weird, but like somehow I tolerated it. And from there, like it was, it was okay. Like I I didn't get as nervous. It's, it's so weird. This is real therapeutic. Well, it is my number one. Fuck you. (laughs) you're gonna pay you're gonna pay pay for my therapy bill you prick bastard (laughs) i remember uh it was very like daunting to watch it because when you go to like i remember going to blockbuster and seeing the the bigger box because it was two vhs tapes and then two of them together but i will i do recall uh one time we rented it and we were staying over uh mike's house friend of he doesn't listen to the show, so he's not a friend of the show. Uh, but we would stay over his house and we we had rented it and we watched it. And his younger youngest brother fell asleep while we were watching it. And I think it was one of the kids' birthdays, so we took all the balloons and put it all over him and then woke him up. 
they all float down here, Joey. And he went hysterical crying up to his mother. And it was just, it's still, and that had to be 20 years ago. And it still just <laughs> lingers with me. I don't know if he pissed himself or what, but he was hysterical crying when he woke up. Imagine being woken up like that, especially you with the then uh, fear of clowns. Yikes. <laughs> Uh, that, that's that'll, my fond memory of it. Uh, that'll be a hard pass for me. <laughs> so this I'm is show this up, is, wait for you to go to sleep and throw balloons all over you. Uh, that'll that'll be good for you. This was this was interesting. This was fun. This was good, different, but this was something I was looking forward to for for quite some time. I think there are a couple other eras that I think we'll have a lot of fun with as well in the future. So let's do it more and more. We hope you guys like and enjoy and listening to us tell each other to F off and, you know, pick beep, each other's, beep. pick each other's scabs, eat them, have a good time. Gross. This is my home, which I am leaving the comforts of for the weekend to explore the Blair Witch. I can see you. I'm real excited about this. Thank you for I'm the opportunity. I'm very glad. This area's been haunted by that old woman. Oh, yeah. I don't know why you have to have every conversation on video. Because we're making a documentary. Not about us getting lost. We're making a documentary about a witch. We're I don't. lost. Admit that first. No, I know we're not lost. They're all over the place. But how do we know it was people? Well, even if it wasn't, I'm not going to play with that either. And it's all because of me that we're here now. Hungry and cold and hunted. Just want to apologize to Mike's mom and Josh's mom and my mom. Oh my